Welcome to the Veritas Equipping Podcast, a podcast designed to provide insight, resources, and biblical wisdom. Our mission as Veritas Church is raise up mature disciples, send out everyday missionaries, glorify God. Join us as we pursue Jesus to become mature disciples and effective disciple makers for God's glory. Well, hey, Veritas, we are here following up with a two-week series that we did called Sacred Gender, and it was really great to unpack what biblical masculinity and biblical femininity looked like, but we figured we'd spend a little bit more time maybe just digging in uh, to some of those nuances. What does this practically look like? How does this play out? How are we impacted by God's Word and the messages? And so today I have my wife, Emily, with me. Hey. Nice. I also have the Huffords. We have Garrett. What's up? And Carly. Hi. And my name is Matt Hofer, one of the pastors on staff. And so we're excited just to really dive into this. And it might not take very long. We might go on tangents. Who knows? Um, but we're going to just spend some time digging into how we were personally impacted, challenged, encouraged, and just kind of look at both biblical masculinity and femininity and what God's Word has to say about both. So I don't know. I mean, it was really good to dive into the series and... Culture says so many things about what it means to be a man, what it means to be a woman. And so um, before we even just dive into some specific questions, I would just love to know, how were you personally impacted by the series we just did? Mm -hmm. Uh, This was, uh, I think, this was a really meaningful uh, couple of weeks, I think, for us and as as a church. Uh, I think it's just, it's, uh, it's a good thing to be constantly reminded what God's Word actually says. Um, and I think we can, uh, even as Christians, we can kind of, uh, kind of go back to just our thoughts that we've had over the course of years and just take for granted that a lot of those things come from God's word. And if, if we're not continually reminded, we can be easily led astray, even in our own thoughts or our own presuppositions about those things. And, uh, as culture is kind of preaching a whole different set of values, like we have to be diligent and disciplined to go back to God's word. So I think it's just a really po- good reminder to be like, hey, let's go back to Genesis. Let's go back to, you know, Ephesians 5 and let's like dig into what God has for us. So. And it is true. There's so many things from culture. There's so many things that people think this is what manhood is, what womanhood is. And really, I just love the fact that we can stand up on stage and say, this is what God's word says. We're not sharing opinions. We're not sharing what makes us feel good. We're simply sharing what God's word says and the implications for that. Mm-hmm. And so um, I want to dive into just the masculinity portion of it. But it was a little bit interesting because one Sunday was geared towards men primarily. One Sunday was geared towards women. And so before we even dive into the masculinity section, I would just love to know, ladies, what, as you were listening to, to the first week on masculinity, what, what came to mind? What thoughts were you having? Were you encouraged, challenged? I kind of love to hear your feedback. <laughs> I thought way more on the women's half, Carly. So I'm pausing for a moment to let you um, jump in. I think <laughs> while, while you think for a moment, I think, um, I mean, it's just so opposite of what culture is. You, you know, there's not many things that are very polar opposite from culture that's, you know, being taught from God's word. And it's just really refreshing to have a Sunday just specifically teaching, you know, a godly man and just kind of bringing that again before people. And, um, just, I think it's provide, protect and lead. Um, so it it was just, it was just helpful for me to just kind of be reminded of that. And, 
um, just really thankful. I think I just came home and I'll talk you up a little bit, Matt, and just the men, you know, I can kind of complain about my husband a little bit here and there in my head, mostly, you know, I'm trying not to say it out loud. Um, (laughs) but like, just really thankful that I do have a man that is seeking the Lord and following Jesus. And as a result of that, trying to lead, provide and protect for our family and me as well. So it just made me really thankful for, um, the situation I had. And sometimes we can kind of, you know, focus in on some of the negatives, but I don't know. Good. There's yeah. a thought. Oh, I would totally agree with that. Um, especially, uh, just looking at what our culture says about men and almost the push towards like, like gender role reversal, um, and men being more effeminate and that being praised more than these three things of like men leading, providing and protecting is almost like, ew, you know, like men shouldn't do that. They should be more like women. Um, So I just really appreciated it. And I feel like because we started, of course, with uh, biblical manhood, that leads us into what biblical womanhood is um, and what our role is in being the helper mm-hmm. for the man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great. So just kind of give you a summary of the first Sunday. We talked about masculinity and what the Bible has to say, and just a few talking points kind of to summarize that. Men and women were both created in God's image with equal worth, value, and dignity. And I think a lot of times when uh, culture hears the church talk about masculinity, I think they immediately in their heads often go towards, well, you have the superior view of men and this inferior view of women, and that creates a problem. And no, no, we're, we're not saying that at all. Right? We're saying both men and women were created in God's image, and they are both in equal value, worth, and dignity. Yeah. And that's just something to, to get out there from the very beginning. Like, we believe that the Bible teaches that to be true. And men and women were created with unique differences on purpose and with intention to give us a fuller picture of God. So equal in worth and value, yet different, yet distinct, yet unique. Not by accident, but on purpose. And finally, biblical manhood, we've said this a few times already, but is embracing the responsibility to lead, protect, and provide. And just kind of giving that picture of this is what it looks like to be a biblical man. So that's kind of a high-level summary of what we were discussing. But with that said, we've talked a little bit about this already, but how are some other ways, Carla, you mentioned just kind of the, the, the effeminate nature that people want men to be. How else have you seen culture distort what it means to be a biblical man? Well, I think you just look at just advertising in general, and it kind of tells you a, a lot about what culture believes <laughs> that men should be or are. And uh, and I think there's a uh, predominantly that men don't are inept at leading families, uh, that uh, they're lazy um, unintelligent in most cases, um, don't have a clear vision for the future or direction for their family. And that they are another right. child Yeah, in yeah. the family. Yeah, that's how a lot of media yeah. shows, movies mm-hmm. portray men is, mm-hmm. is exactly what you're just saying. Yep, yeah. So it's like if you have two kids, it's like, oh, I've got three, ki- three children because my husband is one, <laughs> you know, right. that kind of uh, distortion of that. So. Yeah, and I just think, too, there's kind of two ends of the spectrum. One is trying to tear down masculinity, right? Try, no, there, there's, there's no differences. There's no differences whatsoever. Um, men are part of the problem, 
right? The patriarchy, if it wasn't for men, things would be fine. So there's kind of that side to try and just tear down the uniqueness and individual way God has made men. Then the flip side of that is some people think that, well, no, men are superior and men are in charge and men should lead boldly. And men, you know, almost to the point where men are just jerks. They're just over-controlling, domineering jerks. And a lot of people kind of have those two perspectives and neither of those are correct. I mean, neither of those are the way that God has designed us. And so um, I would just love to go into a little bit when you talk about leading, providing and protecting um, Garrett, would you mind even just speaking to like, what does that practically look like? So as you think of your family, your wife, your kids, what does it look like to lead, protect, provide? How do you see yourself doing well in those areas? What are some ways you can, can grow in those areas and just give us some practical examples of what that looks like. Yeah, I think uh, you look through the New Testament and especially uh, kind of Jesus' teachings, you see a lot of shepherd language. And I, re- I really think that there's, I mean, clearly purpose in that. And I think that that kind of helps us in that lead, provide, protect. There's a sense of, hey, I'm, as a, like, as a leader of our family, I'm, we kind of use the word like under shepherd, right? So like Christ is the good shepherd, right? He is like the, the chief shepherd and I'm kind of leading under his direction, right? I'm leading as I follow him, right? So uh, like, how do I, how do I do it as an under shepherd with like my family as kind of a flock? And how do I lead them to the pasture that the Lord's taking us? Um, provide what their needs are. So provide sustenance, provide like uh, a safe place as well as being willing to fiercely protect them um, uh, from like outside influences and um, not shelter them. Cause I think that that's the, that can be kind of the, the far ditch that we go uh, from like from a worldly standpoint, we're like, I'm not, I'm not called to shepherd them, but I am called to, or uh, to shelter them, but I am called to protect them. Um, and so uh, I think that's probably a whole nother podcast for that. But um, I think that that gives a good framework for us as men, like uh, that, there's a gentleness to shepherds in that, um, uh, in like how you treat the flock, but also there's sometimes where you need to kind of like, like uh, really like in a disciplinary with your kids. <laughs> All right. Like <laughs> yeah. there's a sense of like, Hey, we're going this direction. We're like, follow me in this direction, you know? And, um, I think that that's a really helpful picture. Um, one of the things we talked about, um, uh, just as connection group guys, uh, um, this week was, uh, the, um, Jake kind of talked about the bravery and courage and that, that tie to manhood and like that be strong, be men uh, kind of thing. And I think that that can sometimes have a really like purely physical connotation to it uh, as opposed to um, like zeal and purpose and self-discipline and like how do I exemplify those things. And I would say you, you asked kind of where are ways that I want to grow in that. I would say I probably um, contend towards just a, a laziness or like a, a kind of retreat back to comfort um, and can kind of lose some zeal and purpose. And uh, I would say that that's an area that's like, hey, don't lose heart, like be brave and courageous. And there is a sense of like, let's like, let's go. Like you leave work, like and you are at work 
in something way more purposeful uh, to what God's called you to do even um, in like raising and leading your family. So yeah, that's good. That's good too. And I think you say that you want to keep that zeal, but it's so hard sometimes because it seems so <laughs> mundane. Like you get home and it's like, this is so normal, but it's like those normal days that you have to just put one after the other to continue to fight, to just lead them, you know, and there's no one really checking in on you. There's no, um, yearly review that anyone's doing that you have right. to live up to. But, um, but yeah, just, you say that and I'm like, but it, it just sometimes feels so mundane to do it, but just continuing to fight for that is good. Yeah. And I personally, both myself, but then also just talking to other guys, I think, uh, something that's easy to do maybe for some men is to provide. And when I say provide, I mean, financially, right? And so if, if they check the financial box, well, I go to work, I work hard, I bring home a paycheck, that's provision. Like that's a portion of provision. I think where I was really challenged is yes, provide financially, but am I also, I'm leading with God's word and providing spiritually and have an accurate spiritual temperature of my house and, and doing things to foster that, mm-hmm. right? And so provision isn't just financially. And I think that's something that I was reminded of, challenged with, and also in talking to others, that was a, a big thing that a lot of guys were, were challenged with too. So. Yeah. And I've been reading a uh, book called Humility by uh, Andrew Murray, and uh, he really hones in on like uh, Philippians 2 and like the humility of Christ. And I think that that as a like guiding direction for us as men leading our family, uh, like doing nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Um, and we like talk about that all the time with our kids, consider others more important, consider others uh, more significant than yourselves. So, and looking not to your own interests, but the interests of others. I think that's a, just a sense of like dying to self just as Christ died for his church and our call as husbands and uh, fathers. Yeah. I think too, it's encouraging um, for me to think like, I think Matt and I've been married 17 years. I always forget. Yes. It is 17, right? Um, But men like, yes, you're supposed to lead, but your personality and the way that God has created you, that's going to look different for different men. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes women are just like, oh, I just want my husband to lead. And in that, in their eyes, it looks like whatever, you know, and they're not leading the way that God's called them to. And yeah, maybe they're not leading, but also, you know, I've just seen you lead differently than maybe another guy would lead and just encouraging your men in the way that God has created them. You're more of like the quiet, like let's, you know, driving to and from the everyday life. And I, you know, I probably do more of the sit down with a Bible open. Carly, I guess you're probably the same way too, because you just have more time with your kids. Mm -hmm. Um, So what that looks like for each man is going to be different. Um, But Uh, So just encouraging the women out there to continue to encourage their men to lead in the way that God has created them. Mm -hmm. That's good. Um, Something else I want to just dive into. uh, We spent a lot of time in Genesis 2 and 3, right? So just kind of uh, the creation of of man and God charging Adam to uh, take care of the garden and to work it and then noticing that he doesn't have, have a helper fit for him. So then Eve is created. And then even after the fall, just God calling down to Adam, like, where are you? And, and placing responsibility there. Then we jumped ahead a little bit to Ephesians 5. And so I just want to talk a little bit about your, how do you, uh, maybe another way to phrase that, what weight do you feel as a married man to live out Ephesians 5 and reflect the gospel 
<laughs> in, in your home? Like, like, what does that look like? How, how do you do that? What, what motivates you to really oh, live that out? Oh man. Um, I think uh, I will answer that. Um, I think one thing that Jake said in that message that kind of, uh, that really challenged me and maybe blew me away a little bit was that the call to Adam uh, or the instruction to Adam about the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was before Eve was created. And that just kind of like, that threw me for a loop a little bit. I was like, all right, is that for real? And it's like literally like the verse before Eve is like created and thinking through that of, yeah, it was Adam's responsibility to communicate like God's like instruction to her. Right. And like, hence why he comes and he's the one responsible for it at the fall. You know, and I think that's a really challenging message for us is like, are we like, um, like setting the pace in our home for like our love of the Lord? Um, and are we communicating that in a, in a loving way that actually like leads our, uh, leads our family well. So I think that was a really helpful thing, just even as you mentioned that, but thinking through, uh, just Ephesians, uh, Ephesians five and love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, uh, that he might sanctify her having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word. Um, uh, and I obviously like, this is not something I do like <laughs> perfectly by any stretch of the imagination. I think there's, there's times where I've done it well and there's times where I've done it extremely poorly. Um, and I think, uh, in times of really, uh, I think where I have done it well in some cases is like when we've gone through some like just difficult times as a family and trying to like go back to God's word and say like, yes, this is what we're feeling. And this is a reality of our life right now. Um, whether it's miscarriage or like uh, strain in relationships or whatever it might be, but like, this is what God's word says. We need to lean into that. And, um, not that that's easy or that we, that even our hearts respond to it quickly, but it's like, I, I have a responsibility to drive us back to God's word and to point us to Christ in those, in those areas. Um, Carly could probably speak to that a little bit better even than me. Um, but it's definitely something that, uh, man, it's a, it's a, it's a challenging thing, especially the just dying to self. Cause it's, uh, I, having kids being married and we'll, we'll be 15 years this year. And you just, every year I'm like more and more realizing just how like selfish I am of my, like my time and my comfort and the things that I want. Um, and, uh, I think that's a, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, even we've talked just between the two of us about how I don't envy your role in our like marriage at all because you will one day stand before the Lord and have to give an account to how you led our family. Yeah, and thanks for the reminder. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, that's that's pretty intense. And but there is a like a weightiness for me to like be the helper for him so that he can do this well. So I'm not a hinder to him and his role you know it's just kind of like the circular thing of, um but that's more of what i think about 
a lot. And I would say you do a very, very good job. Um, especially like you've definitely grown. We've both grown. Um, (laughs) uh, just thinking about our first few years of marriage, which weren't bad, but we made a lot of mistakes. Oh, geez. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And that's the thing that I, I hope people listening to this, um, here is we're not talking into these microphones saying we have all the answers. We're doing this perfectly. I mean, we could probably spend hours sharing mistakes and dumb things that we have done. Oh, right. Yeah. So, I think too, can I interrupt? No, it's a little part bit. two, part two. Right. <laughs> but like, I think it's easy. And I even went into this. I'm like, we're pretty much in the same season of life. Like the people sitting at this table, but like, and this works well when everybody's trying to do their job. And, but like, talk a little bit about seasons where I haven't been the easiest to lead or our kids aren't doing well. And I don't, you know, I think of seasons of like, you know, I, I'm struggling with, you know, lots of little kids or whatever, the season of my life, not feeling important or, you know, like I don't, you didn't, you weren't domineering and demanding things of me. You knew that I was accountable for myself, yet you still had to lead in those times. I don't know, maybe give encouragement to the man that's like trying to lead a family that's falling apart. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I'd tell you a couple things. One is don't point fingers, right? I think it's very easy when there's, when there's conflict to say, well, if this wasn't happening or if you weren't being this way, or if our kids weren't doing this, then everything would be perfect. Mm-hmm. And ultimately as the leader of, of your home, just like God came to Adam, you have to ask yourself, what am I doing or not doing that's contributing to this thing? Mm-hmm. And am I relying on God's strength and power and wisdom to lead, or am I trying to do things my own way? So I think you first have to just assess, where's my heart at? Am I being led by God to lead our family, or am I being selfish? Right? I think that's that's first step. Um, second of all, we get to do a lot of marriage counseling, talking to couples, and just people in general. And the thing I love about Ephesians 5 is it's not contingent on the other person doing what he or she should do. Mm-hmm. So it isn't, hey, if your wife is awesome, lay your life down for her. Hey, if your family's doing really, really well, then it, it's no, it's, it's do those things regardless. And so even back to the main points of this message, lead, protect, and provide no matter what, mm-hmm. right? And just like Christ went to the cross while we were still sinners, it wasn't, oh, people got better, therefore Jesus sat on the cross. Like, no, while we were still dead to our sin, Christ went to the cross. And the same thing's true for husbands. It's like, yeah. no matter what the context is, you're called to do these things regardless of if it's reciprocated or not. Mm-hmm. And so that can, I mean, I've talked to a lot of men and women whose spouses were, for lack of a better word, just being dumb. And that call doesn't change. And that's, that's a hard place to be in, really, especially if you're a husband trying to lead a family or a wife trying to respect her husband and the spouse is not being godly. Like that's a really hard place to be, but it doesn't change your call to be a man of God or a woman of God in that marriage. Yeah. Well, and even Paul's call to like, Hey, continue to be faithful and maybe by your good works, like they would see the Lord. Like, and that continue to be faithful, continue to pray for them, continue to like, to like pursue the Lord in righteousness. And Hey, like pray that the Lord would bless that in like leading them to himself. Right. Yeah. I think a couple more things. Um, we'll get to some resources here in a second, but 
couple more things that I was challenged with, and I would just kind of love some input here. Uh, if there's anything else that we haven't said, um, I love the quote, men leading and women thriving is not a dichotomy. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people think that, well, it's either or. Either men are leading and women are suffering or men aren't leading and women are thriving. It's like, no, no. In a godly relationship, both of those things can happen. And I think, I don't want to speak for you, Emily, but um, there's probably seasons in our marriage where I wasn't leading well, where I was being stupid, where I wasn't being as intentional as I could. And from culture's standpoint, they probably say, well, then that was probably really, really good for you because your husband wasn't domineering. And, and it's like, no. And you probably say, no, that actually wasn't, wasn't a great season of our marriage. In times where I am leading, protecting, providing in a godly way, I think you would feel blessed by that and kind of be thriving in life, so to speak. So, yeah. Would, would you agree? I would. Yeah. yeah. I, I wasn't, I'm trying to like not take things from the next podcast of like the woman's side of it. Uh-huh. But I think yeah. one of the hardest questions is, is what do you do when your husband is making a terrible decision? You know, like that mm-hmm. happens. And you, you're obviously speaking for somebody I'm, else. You know, I'm like I mean, speaking to those women that, you know, I yes. talk to or whatever. You're, yeah, your friends. But if you're like pretty sure that this is not the right way to go or, you know, and I think God ask yourself, is it sinful? Like, of course, God's not going to ever ask you to sin willingly. Um, but there may be times where he thinks that you should go one way and you think that you should go the other way. And if it's not a sinful situation, like let him lead, you know, and, um, and that's easier said than done. But those are, those are the hard times when it's like, I don't even know if, um, if this is, if this is good leadership right now, nobody said he was going to be a perfect leader. That's not what God knew that these are, you know, sinful men that are trying to lead families and just encouraging them, even in those situations, instead of, you know, I have a, I have a tendency to be a little sarcastic and that's hard. Um, and that does tear Matt down. And we've talked about that and I've tried to work on that, but, um, but yeah, that's always, that's always an interesting situation, but, um, but yeah. I don't know. That isn't, was that really what you were even talking about? Maybe. Rain us back in. That was yeah. a little bit of a tangent. Yeah. No, that was good. And we, you're right. We'll get to some of that here in the next conversation. And I think one more thing I was challenged with, and then I want to hear if there's anything mm-hmm. else. Um, talk is cheap. Your kids and family are watching you. Mm-hmm. Right. And I just feel, um, yeah, I can say the right things, right? I can tell my kids, oh, this is what dad does. This is how to do it. This is the right thing. But really, I have in my household five little eyes and my five little eyes, 10. Ten eyes, because each of my kids have two. Oh, I thought yeah. you said five yeah. little lies. <laughs> no. Ten, ten eyes, okay, ten plus, eyes. plus my wife. Uh, just, just watching what I'm doing and what I'm saying and how I'm carrying myself. And if my actions and words align or if they don't. And so I'm constantly asking myself, is what I did today and how I portrayed myself and how I carried myself um, something that I want my kids to copy? Mm-hmm. And if the answer is no, then it's like, then I got to get real with them and, and confess and ask for forgiveness and, and just show my need for a savior just as much as they need one too. And so I, yeah, I just feel challenged that talk is cheap. Uh, actions speak louder than words. Be the kind of man in your home that you would want your wife and kids to emulate. Yeah. Yeah. And that kind of goes, I th- just think of like being the man worthy of following. So if you want to be a leader in your home, be, be one worthy of following. And, um, again, I, I just keep going back. I think it's like, as men, like we have to be the ones who are, who are taking the initiative to like understand, know, and like seek after God in his word. Um, and like, and through that, 
I'm I'm going to get a picture of manhood and fatherhood and like being a husband that's going to be more in line with his word if I'm reading it and know it right. <laughs> and yep. um, and praying that the spirit would be working in me to actually like make those things a reality in my life, to be self-disciplined, to be purposeful, to be full of zeal, to like to be a provider emotionally and uh, like even financially to take responsibility for my family, to die to myself, to like seek not to be served, but to serve. Um, and also to like, just think of, um, outdoing one another and showing honor and in a way that, uh, do I speak well of my wife? Do I speak well of my children? Um, am I, am I someone that's actually showing my family honor? And is that reflective of even like at the end of Ephesians five, just, uh, this mystery is profound refers to Christ in the church. If our marriage and the way our family functions is intended to be a picture of Christ and his church. They're like, that's a, that's a really high calling that I should feel the weight of. Um, and that, you know, the motivation for that is Christ's faithfulness to me. Um, like that I was a wretch that I was, uh, that I even as a sinner, Christ died for me. Like I don't deserve any of it. So like my motivation and my like is the grace that I've been given, the mercy that I've been shown, and I can extend that to my family. Um, he le- he's led well. I need to follow him well, and in following him well, I'm like I'm going to lead well. Um, so uh, it's when I get off track is when I start just seeking after my own my own little like side missions, you know that I that like I want for myself. Right. Um, and that's where I can start to lead my family astray because you are leading whether or not you believe it or not. Yes. You are leading. It's where are you leading? Right. It's great. Right. It's great. I want to get to resources here, but before we do that, there are probably some people who are not married who don't, don't have kids. So, uh, think back to when you were 16, 18, 20, mm-hmm. you know, whatever age that was, uh, where, where you were still single, what would you say to that man? who's, yeah, I probably want to get married and I think I'll have kids someday, but they're not in that stage of life yet. What does it look like to prepare well for that? Um, I think there is a sense of you don't have, at that point in your life, you're like, I don't have a whole lot of other relational responsibilities. So I have the opportunity to really give myself to others um, and really give myself to like, study and understanding of God's word for those people who are like in our church family, this is an awesome time in, in your life to like, I'm going to go to VST. I'm going to like, I'm going to grow in my understanding of the word. I'm going to like pour myself into serving. I'm going to like, I'm going to volunteer in kids. I'm going to like, I'm going to be a valuable and like servant servant minded member of my connection group. And like just allow the Lord to lead your life in those ways. It is so easy at that stage of life um, to just be like, well, I got all this free time. I can spend it on anything I want. Um, and like, give yourself to the Lord, give yourself to the church, like, and like, see what God will do. I just like, he will, he will bless that. And I think that's probably my encouragement. Yeah, it's great. Um, as far as resources go, other than, God's Word in the Bible, which should be your primary source. And we spent a lot of time 
in uh, Genesis 2, Genesis 3, Ephesians 5, kind of throughout this message, also looked at 1 Corinthians 11, 1 Corinthians 16, 1 Timothy 2. In addition to, to that, what are some other resources, whether they're podcasts, articles, books, that you think would help either men or women navigate biblical manhood, biblical womanhood well? Um, we got one in the Resource Center. I think it's uh, the 50, yeah, 50 Crucial Questions by Piper and Grudem. Um, that's kind of coming out of a, uh, they did like a whole thing. I, what, I can't remember, like the Council of like Biblical Manhood and Womanhood. Yeah, so, uh, you yeah. You said femininity earlier, and I was really proud of you. So, like, <laughs> kind of like seeing femininity. Yeah, I don't, so. I don't know if I said it right. <laughs> but um, that's a really good one. It's kind of a... It really is just more of a like question answer type of like almost like catechism type of feel to it of like, what did you mean by this? When you said this, what did you mean by this? And I think it gives a really good kind of like call and response to um, a lot of the questions of the day. Um, and I'd say that that one's really good. Um, I'm like looking in my, literally in my Amazon cart for the one that I just bought that like our guys uh, in our connection group are going through the summer and it's the shepherd leader at home. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited about that. Um, Veritas Iowa city is going through it this summer with like, awesome. with, all, with their guys. And, uh, so really pumped by that. It's uh, Timothy Whitmer is the one who's doing, uh, who wrote that. So knowing, leading, protecting and providing for your family. So it kind of went That's great. right along with what we were talking about. Yeah. So. Perfect. Yeah. we got a few other in our, our resource center. You mentioned 50 crucial questions. We also have What's the Difference by Piper. We have The Accidental Feminist, which I think, did you read that, Emily? I think I read it. And I think oh, Carly yeah, read Carly it too. too. Yeah, mm-hmm. great. Uh, God's Good Design by Claire Smith. And so there's lots of articles and podcasts and books on this topic. Some we would probably argue are not biblical or, or have a, a different perspective than, than we as a church would say is, is biblical. Um, but if you want to check any of these out, we have them online on our resource center. So. Sweet, guys. Well, hey, uh, it's been fun. I don't know. We probably could have talked for another 50 minutes or so, but we're going to go ahead and close this one out, and then the next one we'll be diving into femininity. Boom. Boom. Got there it. we go. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Veritas Equipping Podcast. If you have any questions you would like us to address or ideas on how we can serve you better, please reach out to us by email at info at veritascr.church and put podcast in the subject line. 